What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Xbox Drive. Of course, the show where we talk about Xbox every single week. It's weird doing the intro this way because I'm not yelling because Sean's actually not here this week. Uh, but I'm actually joined by a special guest. So, of course, I'm Ryan Turford, the man on the moose, and I'm joined for the very first time on the show by the man himself, Steve Vivergi. Thank you so much for joining the show. I'm sorry I accidentally pronounced your name incorrectly, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, Steve. Tell everyone who you are, where you're from, all that good stuff. Since it's your first time on the show, you got to introduce yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. No, first off, thank you so much for the invitation. Uh, I hope, you know, I, I can fill uh, Sean's shoes appropriately yeah. and, uh, you know, be a, be a good co-host along with this show. But yeah, my name is uh, Steve Egvari. I am a games writer. I uh, might have seen my work on, you know, Squad State, iPhone in Canada, Console Creatures, Mobile Syrup. The list goes on and on. And I also do... Uh, a podcast as well, Canadian Geekcast, and then I've done, you know, other guest spots as well along the way. Uh, so yeah, maybe you've seen me along the way. But yeah, it's not, say, you've been this on is multiple cool. podcasts. Yeah. Kind of, a, you're kind of like a free agent. You're just all over the place. That's right? it. Yeah, you're just uh, all over the map. I mean, plus you're on done Geekcast, for hire. yeah, plus on <laughs> Geekcast, you wore a very Xbox costume for the Halloween episode because you wore a Cuphead outfit as well, which I, I enjoyed. So. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed that. The, the funny thing about that, uh, quick aside, is I've had that mask in my closet for about two, maybe even three years now, yep. waiting until the day that they released the DLC and I was going to wear it, do this whole thing, had that for preparation and they just won't release the DLC. So it's like, OK, well, I, I guess I'll just use it on Halloween. At this yeah. point, because who knows how long I'll be waiting. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you even have the gloves and everything. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I was ready. <laughs> for sure. So, of course, folks at home, if you want to learn more about Steve and whatnot, I've put all of his links to all of his stuff in the show notes as well. So go support him there. So, of course, as always, we start the show by cleaning the garage, as you would, by going over some of the stuff that uh, you want to do. So first off, if you like what we do and you want to support the show, there's a number of awesome ways to do that. You can support us by subscribing to us on your podcast feed of choice, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or all other things. So check us out there. Also, if you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, we will read it on the show right here during this section. Also, if you want to see our beautiful faces every single week, we put up a video version of the show over on YouTube, youtube.com slash Yumi Capri is how you go do that. So every single Thursday morning, you'll see the show there. As well as if you'd like early access to this and all of our shows, head on over to patreon.com slash Yumi Capri. Throw a little tip in the old tip jar and out comes content, except for this week where we're actually uh, talking about a specific game that we can't actually talk about till Thursday. So no early <laughs> access this week, but usually there's early, you get the show a day early. So it's all good. Last but not least, Extra Life is happening this weekend, which is the reason why Sean's not actually here. Um, so actually, if you're listening to this on Thursday, my second stream of two is happening this afternoon. So if you head on over to the YouTube page youtube.com slash you can watch me play rpgs all day and then sean is going to be streaming from rome new york over on twitch.tv slash sean capri this weekend um we're both helping to raise money for uh different children's ch hospital charities i'm helping raise money for sick kids and then sean is helping raise money for the stollery children's charity over in alberta so i've left donation links in the description as well um steve as far as i know if i don't think you're doing extra life right I'm not this year. No, it's it's a busy time right now, and just things didn't line up, unfortunately. But I'll be I'll be there supporting you guys. Absolutely, I uh, can't you wait know. to see you guys stream and uh, raise money for for all the the charities. Yeah, 
for sure. I mean, you don't say. There's there might be one or two games coming out, you know, sometime soon. Just throwing it Maybe, out there. Maybe, right? So <laughs> let's grab our eight tracks, pop them in. It is time for the playlist, and uh, it's time to talk about all the stuff we played this week. So, Steve, since you're the guest, you can go first. What'd you play this week, my friend? Yeah, so I guess, I guess the first game to really touch on is Riders Republic, a game I think we've both been playing quite extensively. Yep. Um, this game was kind of like a surprise hit for me. I, I grew up on these kind of extreme sports games, um, especially like in the original Xbox era. You know, you go SSX Tricky or Matt Hoffman's Pro BMX, stuff like that. And I fell in love with those games all those years ago and then kind of dropped out of them. So I never really mm-hmm. had an interest to ever pick one up ever since. But diving into uh, Riders Republic, I kind of fell back in love with these extreme sports games. And seeing that, uh, seeing Ubisoft kind of modernize that and put it into this open world setting with social aspects and being able to switch sports on the fly when you're navigating the open world, that it's such a novel concept to me. And mm-hmm. it, adding to that like it just plays well uh i don't know like what your experience has been like uh with the game but for me like it just plays so well where it took me maybe like half an hour for it to really click but ever after that i was like okay i feel like i'm mastering this really quickly like pulling off the the tricks um racing you know competently and you know feeling like i, I can i can go between you know the the sport or the the snow sports the the bmxing and the wingsuit all dynamically and not really feel like one suffers while one gets the upper edge for me. Um, yeah. What, what about you? What's your experience been like? Yeah. So I've actually had quite a few chances to, to play the game between the open beta, between the, the free trial week that happened last week, which I actually talked right. about on the show uh, last week to, to mm-hmm. this week, finally getting a chance to play the final game, which of course is thanks to our friends over at Ubisoft Canada for providing us codes for that, of course. But uh, I've, liked the experience a lot ever since playing the open beta and the final game did not disappoint. I actually really liked the final game for a lot of the same reasons you actually talked about. Like I was really worried going into it that they were spreading themselves too thin by trying Mm -hmm. all these different ideas with the different uh, sports, like maybe instead of just focusing on one and making like a, a really good snowboarding game or a really good biking game. But no, I think they totally nailed it with this game. Like, I was very surprised that I liked it as much as I did back in the beta. And then mm-hmm. I'm equally surprised with the final game and just how much I, I, I can't put it down at this point. Like, I'm, like, hopelessly addicted to this game. I, I love going around to the different events around the world, and, and I'm just having a ball with it. I, I, it really reminds me of, and I've talked about this on last week's show, too, but I really compared it to Forza Horizon, where it really feels both from the tone of the game, but also the way that it hands out its missions to even the way that you race against like drivatars almost like they're not drivatars in this game. Right. They're like other people's ghosts, but it's mm-hmm. the same type of concept. So um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And even something that I wasn't really expecting to enjoy was something like the, the mega races where you're racing against like a hundred people. Yeah. And, but that was like super smooth and totally fun too. So uh, yeah, I've been having a great time with Riders Republic and uh, I, I'm so happy. It's, it, we finally have a game like this out because to your point, we really haven't had too many extreme sports games. I mean, we had mm. Tony Hawk last year, but that's, that's skateboarding. But like, when was the last time we had a really good snowboarding game besides steep or that's, that's um, the one I keep biking. going back to. Yeah. It is. It, it really feels like, well, obviously they did. They, they took what made steep 
a success at the time, but then just kind of naturally evolved it to to something more grand. I do have one major gripe with with the game, though, and it really does come down to um, almost like those those mega events that you that you kind of talk to. But when you're competing against other people's ghosts or like you said, like the drive guitars, the collision detection is just way off. I, yeah. I don't know what it is, but it, it, it really sucks the fun out of it when you're in like, say, the top 10 even mm-hmm. and you get knocked out of for no reason really and then you just fall back all the way to the 50th spot and then you're kind of just stuck there yeah. and other times you won't get knocked like a player will pass you by or you'll bump into them and you won't really get knocked other times you'll just fly off the map mm-hmm. and I, I don't really know what the rhyme or reason is behind the collision or the hit detection in this game because you can't really use it in like a competitive way right Right. I can't I can't bump into you expecting that you're going to fly off the map because 90 percent of the time it might work. Other times it, it just won't. So I, mm-hmm. I don't know that that's the one thing I'm like, I don't know if I'm really jiving with this, but otherwise the game plays really well. Also, God forbid, if you forget, like miss a checkpoint, like during a big race, because like <laughs> you're never coming back at that point. That's Especially true. It, it's different from from Forza because there is a rewind in this, just like there is in, in a game like Forza. But when you're playing by yourself, as an example, it doesn't stop the other players while you're right. rewinding. Like yep. even if you're just racing against the computer, um, whereas in Forza, you, you can usually rewind and then, you know, pick up some of your mistakes. So again, you just have to like be very careful on a lot of races to not miss checkpoints or else yep. like you get so far behind that it can be also be kind of frustrating too. So yeah, yeah. there's, there's a little stuff like little stuff like that. Also the visuals too. I mean, there's a lot of popping. I mean, I've been playing on Xbox Series X and Me I've too. noticed a lot yep. of popping with the visuals and sometimes you get to some textures and they look pretty rough. Sure. Um, but I mean, for the most part, I didn't find that that took me too much out of the experience, but it's something to, to be aware of when of you course. play this yeah. game as well. Um, but speaking of Forza, we should probably talk about that Forza game, Steve, because I haven't had a chance to play it because um, I, I don't have a copy of it, whereas I know Sean's been playing it and we're going to actually okay. insert um, his thoughts a little bit later in the show, but Steve, I want to hear from you. Forza Horizon Five. The reviews went up this morning. What do you think, my friend? It is everything I've wanted this Forza to be to be the the premium uh, flagship Forza game to first come out on the Xbox Series X. It delivered exactly the promise of what a next gen Forza can be. Um, I, I keep going back to that very first. Um, demo or like gameplay preview Xbox showed us and how, how good it looked like on the screen and everything and you know we've we've all seen those demos where they walk away really impressed by by the first look of it and then you, you get the the final project and you're like okay well you know there were some drawbacks to it they kind of had to the you know temper expectations and everything this game mm. looks exactly like you wanted it to be like the the lighting the the reflections everything the, the the particles coming down into the environments and everything they they pulled no punches in making this the mo- the prettiest looking driving game i've ever played and dare i say one of the prettiest games i've ever seen period um the the map of mexico is so diverse where you do have like these uh, more 
sandy desert like biomes and then you have the jungle then you have uh up high like the mountains it gets really snowy by the volcano and then you have like beachside it it all just like meshes really well so that when you're driving from point a to point b you're just kind of naturally progressing through the the map it doesn't feel like oh you've you've left snow area now welcome to jungle (laughs) area you like if, if you blink and you don't even you're not even cognizant about it you're like oh okay i'm definitely in a different area but i don't know when that transition happened it's it's really dynamic in that way and i mean from from a moment to moment gameplay loop this is forza you're not really getting all that much new in 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 this in this game i i guess like the big thing that they keep talking about is the the dynamic weather system so out of nowhere you'll get a sandstorm or a, a jungle a rainstorm and you can drive right through it and it is really one of those like heart racing moments where the the game almost knows that you're going to drive into the storm before you even know you're going to and the the music kind of kicks in you feel like the the rumble of the the controller going as the wheels start spinning hitting hitting like the the sand on your on your windshield and it's just it's just a lot of fun and it, it, it's so funny because i spoke to playground games uh month or two ago and mm-hmm. one of the uh, the creative directors on the game was like we have the ambition to not make the best racing game but to make a game that can just be in the conversation of game of the year not necessarily mm-hmm. to win game of the year 2021 but to be in that uh, conversation and playing forza horizon 5 i think that they've earned that now whether or not that happens we you know Core to sell out on that one, but I do really feel like if a racing game is ever going to be in the game of the year discussion, it's going to be Forza Horizon Five, plain and simple. I, I think that they achieved what they were trying to go for with this game, and I, I think that they do earn that spot of being like, well, it, as a racing game, as an open world sprawling environment, Forza Horizon Five is that for this year. My God, that that sounds incredible. I mean, it just. I mean, it, it's one thing to say that it sounds like it's more, you know, Forza Horizon, but in a way, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I, no. I really love the formula for, for Forza Horizon, but it sounds like it's really just the pinnacle of what they've been able to achieve over years and years of kind of iterating on the series uh, between yeah. four and three and all the other entries. And it sounds like Mexico is going to be an awesome place to explore as well, because that was one of the things I really missed with four was having like an exotic environment to, sure. to kind of uh, go through, especially cause like, you know, we live in Ontario, Steve, like <laughs> London is the London countryside. Isn't too different from if you drive outside of Toronto no. essentially and go look at the farms and stuff like that. Yeah. So for us, it didn't feel like we were going to another place where it's like, you know, Mexico is cool. It, it, it sounds like it's it's just a fun place to drive around. And to your point about kind of the way the, the world kind of shifts and, and how it doesn't feel like you're going in like the, the cold area versus the hot area. It just feels dynamic. It feels like, like it sounds to me like it feels like a real place that actually exists where because the real world doesn't operate where oh you're in the snow area in the lava area like it doesn't work that way so i, I love to hear that about the game as well so um how, how about how long did you have a chance to, to play the game like did you get very far in there or like guesstimate get, number of hours get, oh guesstimate number of hours i'd probably say at this point 20 25 somewhere in that okay. ballpark um i think in terms of like if, if, if you were to kind of contextualize what a forza campaign is or what f- the forza horizon 5 campaign is i'm probably about two-thirds of the way 
towards like okay. um, because basically the, the main concept of it is that you know the horizon festival is going on and they want you to help attract uh, bring more attention to it and attract more more racers and everything so you're unlocking different different new um racing series around the map and by doing that you're unlocking like accolades from different races that you're competing in it's basically you know that that typical racing grind of complete everything on the map just to say you're number one kind of thing um and yeah so contextualizing it around that probably about two-thirds of the way it's it's a huge game don't get me wrong but there's there's also like a lot to do and a lot to see and tons of cars too to to unlock i think they they release what? a full list of it and it's like well okay the the warthogs in there that's uh, I'm good I don't need to read through the entire <laughs> list yeah that's the only car you'll ever need right exactly why would you even need other cars at that no, point no. you know just <laughs> driving around maybe a Spartan will join you on the back of it so uh, yeah because I mean we always like to gauge like especially we, with a lot of the feedback we get from our listeners we always like to gauge kind of where we are when we're when we're talking about some of our, our games so obviously that's why I wanted to ask that question no of course um, but it sounds like you're right it's probably you know typical for its length like you could probably finish it in like 30 hours but then there's probably still so much more to do beyond that and then you probably have, ha- haven't scratched the search of this stuff like any of the multiplayer stuff because I imagine you probably haven't had too much time with that right Steve that's correct yeah unfortunately uh, a lot of the multiplayer stuff is uh, offline at this current moment so there mm-hmm. are a few uh, of like the the grander uh racing series that i'm just not able to touch right now but again it it really goes back to well everything feels familiar enough that i kind of know what to expect from from it especially like the the creative labs mode where people can just create whatever arenas they want and it just kind of goes into the more arcadey sense um yeah you can definitely see there being that aspect to the game although i haven't really experienced it too much. Oh yeah, for sure. That's the type of thing we'll probably be talking about over the next couple of weeks. Exactly. So, uh, as uh, the, the situation progresses. So it sounds pretty awesome. I'm excited to, to finally play it. You know, it's finally out tomorrow for uh, people who purchase the ultimate edition of the game or the little upgrade pack that includes uh, all the DLC if, for the Game Pass version. And then it's out for everyone else on Tuesday. So I'm so excited to, to get my hands on it. I know Sean's going to be playing it this week for Extra Life as well. So uh, if you want to see more gameplay of the game, um, Sean's going to be playing it on stream this weekend. So uh, definitely make sure to check out his stream. And speaking of Sean, let's hear from him right now about his thoughts about Forza Horizon 5. Hey everyone, it's me, Sean Capri, coming to you live from my hotel room where I'm currently playing Forza Horizon 5 thanks to our friends at Xbox Canada for the free code, the early access, all that stuff. I'm playing on my Xbox Series S right now. I was playing on my Series X back at home and I'm here to tell you that I am head over heels in love with this game. Um, Right at the front, I want to say that this was one of my most, if not my most anticipated game of the year. Of course, Halo coming up very, very soon. Just an absolutely huge release for Xbox Game Studios here and I'm uh, less than 10 hours in I'm still kind of getting my my feet wet or my 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 tires wet all the all the puns this is if there was another game for the Xbox Drive to review this is the one I'm driving around Mexico and I am so pleased to let you guys know that this is it this is such a good game now before I get into a little bit more detail here um, this is an impressions this is a review in progress there's a lot of the multiplayer that I haven't gotten to just yet there is a gargantuan amount of content to get to here (laughs) just after uh, ryan and i have recently finished far cry this is 
This is kind of in that same light. There is so much to do here. This is a Forza for all players, for uh, veterans of of the series and for newcomers alike. It's, of course, coming into Game Pass day and date, just like all first-party games. I have so much to talk about and only a couple minutes to do it in, so let's, let's see what we can do. So I'm excited to tell you guys about this game. I'm excited because um, I am a, I'm a longtime fan of Forza Horizon, uh, Forza Horizon 3, actually, um, prior to this potentially prior to this uh, Forza Horizon 3 was my favorite of all the Horizon games I still had a I still had it up over four and my goodness gracious guys there's so much here of course set in Mexico I was excited about the setting here I think that is that plays a huge part in my enjoyment of the Horizon games uh, three being in Australia um, and four being over in England and now we're in Mexico and to me this just makes sense this is this is a party atmosphere. That's where the horizon, in case you didn't know, is sort of like a like a music slash car festival. And uh, I guess it attracts fans from all over the world to watch people like you and me and the players doing crazy things all around the country. And with this one being in Mexico, man, it just fits so well. It does remind me of of Australia, not only the party atmosphere, but also the landscapes that we're finding ourselves. And I'm, I'm driving along the beach and there's resorts, there's cruise ships off in the ocean. I'm driving up and down mountains that are literally erupting. I'm off into the jungle. I'm skirting around uh, little creeks and rivers. I can feel the humidity. I've got flamingos uh, flying all over the place in all of the cars that I am collecting. My goodness gracious, there is so much variety in here in a giant but totally manageable map. I'm buying houses on this side of the map. I've got another house on that side of the map where I can got my my fast travel. So many things to do. And that might be one of the things that might scare some people off. But I'm here to say I'm just I am getting lost in this game. Um, what else do I want to tell you guys about? When I started it up, I got a bunch of loyalty loyalty cards. So people who have been playing Forza games for a little while, you get uh, you get some perks there. And it's really sort of like divided up into a couple different key areas where you're going to expand the horizon. This is a um, this is a. a, a pretty standard with the horizon games in the past where you're kind of growing the party and you're doing more things to go ahead and do that. Um, you're earning accolades. It's sort of like a way to, um, level up your your character or your driver so to speak by doing a variety of different things it gives you a really good kind of checklist instead of just looking at the map to go what should i do next there's a lot of different ways for you to organize what you want to do next and accolades is one of those things there's a festival playlist which is kind of like um it's almost like a season pass that you don't have to pay for so right now i'm in summertime and you can do your dailies here, like go do a, a cross country race over here or go set a record on the speed trap over there. Um, a lot of different things to do, get rewards like either experience points or more cars or uh, things for your character to do and say and wear, things like that. Like there is just so much. For example, um, I'm going to be doing a, a selection of activities. I'm almost, I've almost got there now uh, for me to earn enough points to get the DeLorean. So it's like, well, I want that car. That car looks awesome, dude. Like I really want to do that. So I'm checking off the boxes and that's where that 
almost like a Ubisoft kind of feel gets into this thing. So, man, there is so much to do in this thing. Of course, Drivatar's return in this game, where I'm seeing you guys, oddly enough, I've been driving around a lot in, in some of the races. Instead of just seeing, like, player one, player two, or made-up names, I'm seeing people like Insipid Ghost, uh, Luke Lore from the uh, from X- Xbox Expansion Pass, and, oddly enough, it was, it was Luke in first, and then it was Dave Moore, one of the original ho- co-hosts of the Xbox drive and then me like it was actually kind of amazing to see us so seeing you guys out there brock mclaughlin i'm seeing you out there dapper tugs i'm seeing blessing from kind of funny like i'm seeing all you guys in this world populated and drive guitars continue to be a thing that i i actually really quite like um showcase moments are still here like flying around with a gigantic jet um the game opens up in a really awesome way with a variety of the different vehicles from the supercars to the super jeeps (laughs) like the new Ford Bronco and things like that. But man, this game is my it's my new obsession, you guys. I'm so glad that I recently finished Far Cry 6, and you guys will hear Ryan and I talk about that very soon. But this is everything that I want from Forza right now. Like, I just want to play in a beautiful game. I haven't even mentioned how gorgeous this is. I'm playing on primarily on performance mode, which um, puts a focus on 60 frames per second, and it's buttery smooth both on my Series S and on my Series X. And definitely, you guys should check out. There's a great video on the uh, on the Digital Foundry. They did a great breakdown there that I can't even attempt to recreate here. But nonetheless, I have a preference prefer- for performance. Though I will say, I had it on when I tried. Uh, the game i fired it up on my series s it defaulted back to quality and i was about to say "Ooh, i don't know if the series s is um is holding up so well and i realized that it was it's because it was running at 30 frames per second versus the 60 at performance and that is where where my preference is with that said it's it's very smooth everything looks really really good but i do notice a little bit of pop in every once in a while but like honestly it's it's so minor but i do feel like i've got to balance this out a little bit the other thing that kind of carries over from other forza horizon games if you guys have played them before is sometimes you'll you'll get like a series of races and you have to complete one or sorry between like two and maybe four separate races that exist across the map and you have to go from one to the next to the next and i will say that i don't think that forza has ever really done a great job of going okay i just finished race one of four like go direct me to the next one and with all of the things that are happening there's so many things uh, as i've mentioned there's so many icons on the map there's so many you'll you'll see when when you get to play the game because it's coming to game pass and you will be playing it but there's so many different checkboxes, activities to do. Go win this race. Go go set a record on this danger jump over there. There's lots of things to do, but I, I don't think it translates from the menu to my map very well. And for me be able, to be able to um, create a waypoint in that way, I think they could do a little bit better on the quality of life side. With that said, uh, Anna return or Anne, Anna returns. The, the, she's a uh, kind of like a Siri kind of AI that you can you can easily use with the D pad, and you can kind of go, "Hey, uh, Anna, I need a I need some suggestions." And you can say, "I want to go race. I want to go earn some accolades. I want to do certain things." And she'll sort of just like randomly pick something on the map and set a, a GPS waypoint to get you over there. But goodness, that and and that's really good. But goodness gracious, you guys, 
it's there's just a ton to do and um, this game is built to keep you engaged across a huge variety of game modes and races i'm finding myself going back and forth between doing races getting my accolades to even just like literally just driving around in some of my favorite cars i've got my toyotas are back i'm driving around in my supras i'm being surprised because i <laughs> for whatever reason i want to be driving around in what are they the ford broncos or my escorts even the broncos pretty sweet but i was surprised by the escort has been tripped out for some some rally racing and goodness gracious i'm everything is a leaderboard by the way there's leaderboards everywhere and that keeps me engaged i am continuously trying to catch up to dapper tux and and luke lore they've got this map totally um explored so every time you drive on a road it's like this is how many roads you've you've discovered this is how many you've driven across completely and then it will put you up against somebody else who's just ahead of you and that keeps me going man so whatever it is that hits you with that dopamine hit there is something here for that, whether it's winning the race or chasing somebody's leaderboard or getting the next car, getting those accolades, expanding the horizon. You guys, this game is built to keep you there and keep you playing and discovering and collecting cars. It rewards you for all the things. It feels so good. The soundtrack is so great. It's incredibly fun to play. Very, very smooth. Oh my gosh, this is what first party is supposed to look like and feel like and play like on Xbox. I'm so stoked. I, I am been, I'm going to be playing so much more. Um, I'm so glad I was able to play this game ahead of time. I can't wait for you guys to get your hands on it. Holy crap, Forza Horizon 5. It's here. I'm going to be doing um, much more playing of this game. I'm going to be talking about it when I'm back on the show next week. And you guys can look forward to a full-on review I, at this moment, I don't even know how I would tackle that. <laughs> there is so much here. I've experienced, I think, a wide variety of the game so far. I'm nowhere near complete. I, again, I don't really know what that would mean at this stage, but there's more to play. There's multiplayer. Um, add me, guys, and let's play some stuff together. There's too much to do. And my goodness, again, thank you, Xbox Canada, for the chance to play this very early, get my toes wet, get my tires wet, get going on this. I'm going to throw it back to Ryan. I actually don't know where is this the end of the show? Is this are you guys are we coming back into the show? I, I'm not sure, but I will I will see you guys next week. And that's it. OK, bye. Thanks, John, for that. I mean, even though we didn't actually hear what you said, because, I mean, this is past Ryan talking and future Sean in the future. It so. sounded great, though, right? Like, uh, yeah. it really got you excited to play the game. 110%. <laughs> there were so many cars in that section, too. Cool. I mean, you have no idea. You have no idea. <laughs> all right. So besides that, was that pretty much all you had time for this week, Steve? It That's like it. Yeah, it was. A yeah. On. A lot of sports games, a lot of racing and sports games. How, how, how about yourself? So I also got to play another game this week that I was pretty excited about after reading reviews because I love the spooky games. Yes. Everyone kind of knows that about me. Um, and I was pretty excited when I saw reviews for the Dark Pictures anthology House of Ashes. I'm definitely someone who's been a vocal critic of the the, the anthology so far, mm-hmm. um, where Man of Madon was okay, the, the first ch- chapter, and then Little Hope, I did not have <laughs> nice things to say about it. I mean, I wanted to be positive about it, but uh, I just felt like they they strayed from the path a little bit with that one. Uh, but when I saw that people were really excited about House of Ashes, and it, the concept itself was something that intrigued me from the second they, they announced it, I was like, okay, if the reviews are good, I'll give this one a chance. And reviews were awesome, so I was like, okay, I'll pick it up this week, because it just came out uh, last week, and I wanted to give it a try, and Turns out, Steve, 
this game's awesome. Really? Like, I uh. really, really enjoyed it. So uh, for those that haven't been, you know, paying attention to this at all, basically, um, this is a horror game that takes place during the Iraq War, uh, where basically the, this American group thinks they've discovered Saddam's, you know, underground facility where he has all of the nuclear weapons. So they decide to go in with a big strike team to try and uh, try and capture it. But little do they find out that they find that it's not so much a nuclear weapons facility, but a basically a big underground ruin filled with these ancient monsters. And they basically have to try and escape alive. So um, I really enjoyed the tone of the game. I loved how creepy it was. I loved the fact that it wasn't overtly reliant on jump scares, which has been something I've been very critical of the previous two dark pictures anthology games, especially mm-hmm. man of a Dawn, where it was like, I was trying to creep you out with jump scares like one every like 10 to 20 minutes. Yeah. And for a six hour game, that's, <laughs> that's, a that's lot, just lot. way too much. Yeah. It just, it, it doesn't get scary anymore. It just feels just weird and out of place. Yeah. Um, whereas this game, like it was more about um, the, the tension of kind of under, uh, like exploring this like underground labyrinth that's all creepy uh, with the lights kind of off from both, most of the experience. And yeah, I just had a blast playing it through it. It, it really feels like, Supermassive is kind of back with this one. Uh, the mecha- game mechanics didn't feel like ge- it, they got in the way. Um, the characters were actually well written and acted, and I really enjoyed each of the each of the main characters. Like I felt like there there was like there, there were some characters that I didn't really like at the beginning, but then grew to like over the experience, which is definitely what you want in mm-hmm. kind of a narrative game like this. And it was the right length. Like it, don't get me wrong, it's only a six hour experience, so it is a shorter experience. But for a horror game. That's really what you kind of want from it. You don't want something that lasts too long. Um, And there's lots of replayability because there's a lot of reasons to go back. Of course, it's just like the other games in in the series. It's a choose-your-own-adventure story. So depending on your choices or your actions or failing to miss miss certain button prompts, um, characters will die or have certain things happen to them. And I I love kind of the the, uh, like replaying the game after I've uh, maybe saved everyone and going back and see how they can all die in horrible, (laughs) horrible ways or kind of any mix in between uh, of how that works. So yeah, I really enjoyed this overall. It's actually not a super expensive game as well. Like it only is 30 bucks Canadian for this. So it's definitely not a full price game and I think it's worth it. I think if you're a horror fan and if uh, you liked until dawn from, from Supermassive, um, but you just didn't really like the last two games. Like I think this one is definitely worth playing if you're into the spookies. So I'm I'm so I happy to to hear you say that because yeah, I'm I'm kind of that that person who who loved Until Dawn, went into Man of Madon with so, such high expectations and it was so let down. Especially, I mean, I, I guess it's not really a spoiler at this point, but with with the twist with that that uh, big you know. Um, bean switch at near the the end of the game i was like well i kind of saw that one coming and that was really disappointing i never i didn't go back for um what was the second one little hope little hope yeah Yeah. so hearing that you know house of ashes kind of um is a redemption for supermassive has me really excited and yeah definitely i'm I'm definitely gonna try it out i mean unfortunately it was so busy around the the halloween uh period that i didn't get to play it during spooky season but I mean, it's always well, literally season. came out on the same day as like eight other games. Right. So, yeah, it, it was definitely a, an easy game to kind of get lost in the shuffle, yeah. which is too bad because this, this is the one that 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 uh, I think people should definitely check out and not miss. Right. So, um, and yeah, I think that 
it's definitely for my in my personal top ten for favorite oh. games this year. Like I really, really enjoyed it. Um, so yeah, highly recommended from me. Definitely give it a chance if you like horror games. Uh, I don't think you'll be disappointed by that one. Very nice. All right, let's slam the brakes on this conversation. It is time for some breaking news, and uh, we only got a few news stories this week, but I've got I think we've got some interesting news stories to go through this week. So let's start with brand new games coming to Game Pass because. I mean, it, Steve, if there's one thing we needed, it's more games in our life. So right? <laughs> let's go through this list. So Minecraft Java and Bedrock is coming to PC on November 2nd. I think that's just a enhanced version of Minecraft for PC, but I don't know too much about that. And then we've got Unpacking on November 2nd. It Takes Two is coming to EA Play on November 4th. So if you have Ultimate, you have access to it. Kill It With Fire is out on November 4th. Football Manager 2022 on PC on November 9th. Forza Horizon 5 comes to Game Pass on November 9th. And then on November 11th, we're getting Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, the definitive edition. That's a mouthful of a title right (laughs) Right. there. And then One Step from Eden also on the same day. So pretty good lineup of games. I mean, it takes two. I know a lot of people have said amazing things about, but I have, haven't played it yet. Yep. I haven't had a chance to check it out. So that's one I think I'll be checking out before the game of the year discussion later this year. And then I'm actually excited that San Andreas is going to be in game pass too. Cause um, I'm someone who played the Grand Theft Auto trilogy pretty recently. I played them last year oh, okay. um, wow. as part of our Xbox. Cause we have a, an original Xbox show that we're doing right now. And I played them all for, for consideration for that. And uh, I found the mission design, of course, to be very hit or miss. Like those games haven't aged super well. So before buying the collection, I'm glad that this is in game pass so I can try San Andreas out, see if they've ironed out some of the stuff that I don't really love about these older games. And then at that point, kind of make my decision about the, the collection. Steve, what do you think about this giant list of games that we got here? It's it's a super strong list. Uh, I I can't lie. I mean, obviously, Forza Horizon Five is probably the the one that everyone kind of has their eyes on. It takes you again. I'm kind of like you, where that one that one I missed the boat on that one. So knowing that everyone was so high on that game earlier this year, I have to play it for you know homework sake before game of the year. Yeah. And you you raise a really great point about uh, Grand Theft Auto, the definitive edition, being that San Andreas is available on Game Pass. You don't have to make that investment of, okay, I'm going to buy them all to see what, you know, what all the improvements are like, what, how it feels more importantly. And this just kind of gives you that, well, like Xbox Game Pass always does, gives you that opening uh, to kind of try out the game, get into it and then kind of make the decision, okay, am I going to invest all the money to buy them all? Or am I just going to put all my time into San Andreas and call it a day after that? You know, selfishly, I wish it was Vice City, but, you know, I'll digress. San Andreas is from, you know, playing it all those years ago, still a a good game in my head. I mean, I could play this and be like, oof, didn't age well. Like you said, uh, I have I definitely haven't played it since since the original Xbox days. So, yeah, yeah. But I mean, overall, unless, great, like, great unless you really love escort missions, Steve, because escort missions are the name of the game with this <laughs> game or in particular. And again, one of the missions in Vice City, I always point out, is that the toy helicopter mission yep. in Vice City yep. is like one of the worst designed missions in any video game, in I my opinion. So couldn't agree more. So I do think there's there's little stuff like that that kind of prevents it from 
you know, holding up very well. Sure. So, uh, yeah, I'm almost looking at it like an extended demo, too, because Rockstar games do not ever stay in Game Pass for very long. Like, it's only usually a couple months, like when with Red Dead 2, like, yep. it's left twice. And uh, <laughs> same with Grand Theft Auto 5. Like, yeah. Grand Theft Auto 5 is currently in Game Pass, but it's probably going to leave again at some point. So, yeah, I imagine they're not going to stick around for too long. So um, I'm excited to at least try it out and then see if it's worth, especially because it's a full price game for the, the trilogy. So right. I, I definitely think it's worth checking out first. So that being said, we have to say goodbye to the following games on November 15th that are leaving Game Pass, Final Fantasy VIII HD, Planet Coaster, Star Renegades, Streets of Rogue, The Gardens Between, and River City Girls. So if you want to play those games, play them now or forever hold your peace or just pick them up now because they are actually on sale as part of being in Game Pass as well, especially the two I would recommend in particular, River City Girls, which is a beat-em-up that I really love from back in 2019, and then Final Fantasy VIII HD, because mm. I think that's a great remaster of a classic game. So uh, I, those were the two that I'd probably say to, to check out. All the, the Gardens Between, I think, was pretty good as well, and is also an easy 1,000 game response. I was about so. to say, being a huge achievement head like I am, I definitely check out The Gardens Between, because it's, it's an easy 1,000, and it's a pretty interesting puzzle game to itself, but very easy to, to just knock out the, that 1,000 game well, score. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I know Mac has got a good guide for it, so, yeah. so check out his channel for that. <laughs> All right, next up, this one just came out of nowhere in the middle of the night uh, the other night, but Microsoft and Sega have announced a new strategic alliance for the development of future games using Azure Cloud Tech. It sounds like this technology is going to be used in Sega's upcoming super game, in quotations, uh, live service game that's slated for release sometime in 2023. They announced this game as part of like this weird like financial call, I believe, mm -hmm. um, almost a year ago with like little details about what this is other than they want it to basically be like this big live service game. And it sounds like Azure Cloud Services might actually make that possible. So, Steve, what do you think about this? bizarre news story that we got out of nowhere, especially because like the internet was all over the place with this news story, thinking it was like one step closer to Microsoft buying Sega at this point. Yeah, I mean, I I don't fault anyone for kind of going towards that because, you know, there were those previous rumors of Microsoft and Sega having those acquisition talks, which, I mean, we, we haven't really seen any formative proof of that ever happening. But the, I mean, I, I can definitely see why people would kind of have that takeaway. That being said, though, I mean, I, I feel like a lot of people need to recognize that this is a deal between Sega and Microsoft, not Sega and Xbox, which is very different. I know Xbox, you know, umbrella uh, or Microsoft is an umbrella over Xbox. But that being said, like this is kind of just the same thing that we saw previously with Sony and Microsoft. Yeah. Th this does not indicate any kind of formative partnership between PlayStation and Xbox or here Sega and Xbox. So I, I think it's really smart for a Sega to to approach Microsoft or even like vice versa. You know, Microsoft having that that hand extended because there are very limited big companies that are proving to be um, capable in the in the cloud space. I mean, you have basically Microsoft, Google, and Amazon, and in my opinion, Microsoft's the one that's doing the best job about it. Um, so mm. yeah, to, to kind of see Sega approach them and kind of form this this uh, alliance, as they call it, is smart. Uh, whatever, you know, the super game turns out to be, uh, yeah. I have to assume is only going to be leveraged by Azure uh, Tech yeah. and is only going to be a better product for, for us, uh, the players, because of it. 
Mm-hmm. And it sounds like it'll be like Sega's second live service game behind, uh, you know, Fancy Star Online 2. Yep. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what this game is going to be, but it sounds like it's a very long ways away. So um, interesting that they come up with this big statement now, especially because it's, you know, so far away. But yeah. curious to know what they're going to do with this. But let's bring in Court Lalonde at Court Lalonde, who asked the question, do you think with this alliance that will Sega bring Sonic to Game Pass in the future? No, Court. <laughs> no, that's not what this is about. It, it's just like what you talked about, Steve, with, with PlayStation. This doesn't mean God of War is coming to Xbox right. either. So I would imagine kind of similar thing. But, uh, we got a couple cheeky comments like that. So Of course. Um, I, I, I will I, point I, out, though, I mean, there's nothing saying that this, this partnership between Microsoft and Sega doesn't help um, leverage and form a deeper partnership between Xbox and Sega so that maybe, you know, I'm not saying uh, it's going to be day and date, but maybe that uh, 2022 Sonic game eventually comes to Game Pass at some point because they have this pre-established yeah. relationship between Microsoft and Sega. Uh, maybe, who knows? But I mean, Sega's already playing nice with Microsoft on Game Pass anyways. So yeah. I feel like it's just a matter of when, not if, Sonic ever does appear on Game yeah. Pass. Well, same with like Persona and a bunch of other stuff. Like I imagine we're going to be seeing a lot more Sega stuff coming to Game Pass. But that's something that Ryan at the beginning of the year was telling you rather than Ryan now. So (laughs) makes a lot of sense. All right. Last news story I wanted to touch on real quick. And this one was very quietly announced in uh, Ubisoft's earnings reports. But Ubisoft's upcoming free to play title, The Division Heartland, has been delayed from Q1 2022 until sometime in their 2022 fiscal year, which basically runs from April of next year until April of 2023, essentially. So um, it sounds like it quietly got delayed, which I think is just a good thing for the game because um, I'm actually excited to see what this is because. The Division is pretty fun. Like, I like The Division 1 and 2. So I'm excited to see what they do with this free-to-play title. And I'm glad that they're not rushing it out the door and just getting it out, you know, this holiday season. Especially because we know we've got Rainbow Six Extraction coming out uh, in January. So I'm excited to see more about this. But what do you think about this new story, Steve? I'm in 100% agreement with you. Being a huge Division fan myself, I was very eager to see what Heartlands would actually be like. And... All the while, you know, we see all these other studios and everything kind of grapple with, you know, the pandemic and and delays of their own. And I was kind of worried about them being so bullish to say that it was supposed to come out this year where I was like, okay, well, because it's a free to play game, are they just going to shove it out the door? And then with promises to improve it over time, kind of like a lot of free to play games kind of have. So for them to delay it seems good to me. Um that can only be better for the game and for the players. But I am still very, very eager to see how, how this game works or like what even the basis of this game is. Yeah. Cause we really know like nothing about yep. it other than the fact that it takes place in the countryside. That's it. That's yep. it. That's all we know. We don't even know what countryside <laughs> it takes place in at this point. The so, countryside, <laughs> the countryside. Yep. That's it. I mean, maybe the same place as state of decay takes place. In Who knows? Know. All right, let's let some of our friends into the car with us. It is time for the carpool. Folks at home, if you would like to have your question read on the carpool, there's a number of ways to do that. Number one, follow us on Twitter at Yumi Caprice. We put up a question post every single Tuesday asking for questions there. Or 
you can leave a comment on YouTube. If you're watching us on YouTube, leave a comment with your question there and we will answer it on the show. Or you can join our Discord, the UMB Capri Discord. It is free to join. The link's in the show notes so you can join our Discord there, just like Todd Oxtra at Talkstra did. And he asked a question more for Sean, but you know what? Since you're the guest, Steve, I need you to, to fill in for Sean at least a little bit and kind of answer this one. Yep. Uh, how many McDonald's Diet Cokes can fit inside the Xbox mini fridge? Also, what odd thing should Xbox make next? I assume it's a mini microwave or a toaster for Hot Pockets or Pop-Tarts. Uh, Steve, first of all, where are you with the, the, your beverage of choice for the mini fridge if you're going to actually be picking one up? Uh, so I, uh, I I do really want one. I, I need this thing just for the novelty sake of it. Um, and I'll probably be filling it up with um, strawberry bubbly, not sponsored or Ooh. anything. But, you know, that's definitely going to be the number one. Uh, Todd, I, I have a few questions and I know that you can't respond to me right away. But I mean, so what size of McDonald's dies? Cokes are we talking about? I'm going to assume regulars slash mediums. So if it was Sean answering, he would actually do uh, two large diet cups. Two large, okay. Mm, order. Mm, so okay. uh, I, I would imagine in this fridge, they said it fits six cans. So 12 cans. 12 cans, Ryan. I, oh, 12 yeah, cans. Yeah, so I, I pulled up The Verge, uh, an article from The Verge, Ooh. and uh, Tom Warren reported that it's 12 cans uh, of drinks and then two shelves inside designed to hold snacks. Um, Ooh. So trying to do like, you know, just rough, rough conversions being the scientists <laughs> we are. <laughs> math. Yeah, exactly. Uh, being the esteemed scientists that we are. I would say if you really wanted to get spicy with it, you might be able to do at least seven. If you if you could st- stack yeah. it properly, I would say seven large McDonald's Diet Cokes. Well, especially if you can remove the shelves. Which or, like, it looks like you can. Them in any way. Yeah. Yeah, then, yeah, I think you can definitely get tricky with it and get uh, get a lot of Diet Cokes in there. From, I think so. From McDonald's. Yeah. So back to Todd's second half of his question, though, what kind of w- wacky contraption do you think Xbox will do next? Being on the Xbox drive, I, I, I can only go to one one answer here. Is the Xbox car? Ooh, that would be pretty awesome. Right. Like, uh, like just, just decals on it or, or how crazy is this car no, going to be? Is it going to be like one of those cars from like Pimp My Ride where there's like a game console? It has there to be. And, it has to be. And yeah. they have to the collaborate with Exhibit, collaborate with West Coast Customs. Yeah. It'll also be sponsored by Mountain Dew. Absolutely. So just yeah. have a, like a Mountain Dew dispenser in it. Exactly. Just like the Mountain Dew Expo, original Xbox. Um, yeah. That sounds like a, a pretty good idea. Like. For me, I was uh, I was thinking about like what they could do with it. Maybe they do like for Xbox's 25th anniversary, whenever the 25th anniversary rolls around, they do an OG Xbox, like the OG Xbox console, but in the form of like a, a panini press. So there's Ooh. like a, a handle on it. You just open and close the top half of it yep. and then, you know, press your press your panini in there. Or or just a, a follow up, an Xbox one. That's a VCR. Lean into the memes oh once God. again. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that would be amazing. Yeah. I, I can't believe I didn't think about that, but I don't know I who, who like what purpose it would serve in, in today's day and age, but oh, come on. It'll play all your VHS tapes that you've got lying around. Steve. Absolutely. Yeah. That, I'll you, finally everyone's get to, got that. Everyone's got that two VHS copy of Titanic just sitting around somewhere, you know, just I, waiting, yep. waiting to be played in your VCR. Yeah. And, <laughs> and hopefully uh, Microsoft and Xbox can come through with with a new device for me. <laughs> 
<laughs> See, this is the ridiculousness of this show, yeah. Steve, sometimes. It's just ridiculous. But also, I had forgotten to put Dano's question in oh, here because Dano at Dano12 actually wrote in a question pretty uh, pretty late for the podcast. He actually asked the question, are y'all's storage getting full with all these games that you are playing? So as someone who actually recently sold his Xbox Series X uh, to uh, my co-host on the PlayStation Drive, Matt Sawinski, because I have the Halo Xbox coming in pretty nice. soon. Um, I'm currently making do with my Xbox Series S, uh, which does not have very much storage on it at all. It can maybe store like three or four games. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Dano, I'm not doing well with the storage. <laughs> I'm basically cycling out games whenever I want to play them. Luckily, I do have a pretty fast internet connection, so it's not a huge deal if I need to delete stuff, but um, I actually haven't invested in any of the storage options. Uh, I basically have like a old uh, USB hard drive, um, not not even a solid state one, but just an old one that um, I'm basically just using as like a, a pack mule to hold all my games essentially. And I just copy games over from there if I don't want to redownload them. But uh, for the most part, that's that's how I'm making do with, with storage. But Steve, what, what do you think about this question? How are you making do with storage? Did you actually go out and buy an expansion card for your Xbox? Not yet. Um, I'm... I'm thinking about it now that they've kind of announced the, the the 512 option and the two terabyte. Don't know which option I'll go with, but like right now I'm kind of in almost the exact same position you are. Uh, haven't invested in anything and I'm on the cusp of selling my original Xbox Series X to make way for the, the Halo edition. So that will be something I'll have to do uh, with. But that being said, I again, I, I live in Toronto, so I'm fortunate enough to have good internet connections. So... Mm-hmm. If I have to swap something out, delete something, I, I'm never really too upset or anything because I know yeah. that, you know, if I wanted to to boot up, you know, Resident Evil 8 again, I just download it in an hour or two or, and have it up and ready. So I'm doing okay. The thing is that, like, we're on the cusp of, like, another Call of Duty coming out and being yeah. someone who, who, who plays Warzone quite frequently, having so many call of duties on my console is just is is hurting a lot so uh, yeah it's getting to the point especially like each one of them is like 100 to 200 gigs a piece so it's just like (laughs) forget about it like there's exactly so much space at at least i think activision recently announced that the the size for this call of duty is at least a little bit smaller so at least you've got that going for you but you're right it's it's definitely a struggle absolutely anyways we got to get going but before we go steve plugs go yeah, no, first off, thank you again for, for bringing me on. Uh, this was a lot of fun, Ryan. And yeah, everyone, thank you for, for having me and, and listening. And uh, you can find me on Twitter, at SVigvari, where by now you will you can see my Forza Horizon 5 review, some other stuff I've written recently, and, and links to all my other work. Um, and you can also follow the uh, Canadian Geek Cast, where we record every Sunday on Twitch. Uh, you can follow them uh, the show on Twitter, at Canadian Geek CST. We threw out the A, you know, we bring the A, Ryan. See, as Canadians, we bring the A. <laughs> Of course. I mean, it, it's obviously not because like Canadian geek cast with the A was actually not taken anywhere. Of course not. Right. No, yeah. it, I, I think it had to do with it just being too long, to be honest. Oh, that's that actually makes a lot more sense now that you mentioned that, especially with Twitch. Yeah. Well, as for me, you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Turford. You also find Sean Capri on Twitter at Sean Capri. You can find us on Twitter at you, me, Capri's on YouTube at YouTube.com slash you, me, Capri and on podcast services around the globe. So for Steve Vigveri. Oh my God, I don't, I don't know what's going on with your name. And 
myself, Ryan Turford. This has been episode 214 of the Xbox Drive, and we out. The Xbox Drive is fueled by patrons at patreon.com slash Capri. And from the bottom of my heart, I am so grateful to the nearly 70 patrons who support us each and every month. With special thanks to our Capremium producers, Dallas Ford, Lee Navarro, the fearless leader of the Phoenix Overdrive Extra Life team, and Jonathan Brown, the man behind the music on the Xbox Drive and the Nintendo Drive. You can support Jonathan Brown at youtube.com slash GamingPurpleMonkey. Our platinum producers, Robbie Bobby Miller and Trucker Sloth, and all of our gold members, Argo, Benji Kong, Brendan Myers, Dallas Robbins, Dano, Emily O'Kelly, Foolish Fuji, Heather Boney, James Johnson, Dr. Doom, Joel Brooks, Jose Jimenez, Mac Time, Marcus O'Neill, Mr. and Mrs. Nasty Boots, RJ Kern, Skinny Matt, and Xavier Reyes. If you'd like to support this show, go to patreon.com slash Capri and choose the Patreon tier that works for you.